Welcome to Biblical Perspectives on Aging, the podcast where you and your church will find answers to the difficult questions that arise as we grow older. On behalf of the Baptist Home, this is your host, Dr. Andy Brames. Welcome to Biblical Perspectives on Aging. This week, we continue our interview with Dr. Jeremiah Johnston on Shalom, which is the peace of God. If you missed last week's episode, we invite you to listen to part one of this discussion, entitled, Living on God's Promises, Not Explanations. And don't forget to click subscribe to hear more great conversations on applying biblical principles to aging issues. Here's the rest of the interview with Dr. Jeremiah Johnston. I want to transition more specifically. This podcast is built around issues of aging and and having a, uh, as the title of the podcast, biblical perspectives on aging. Uh, Obviously, we all deal with anxiety, but those anxieties change over time. They change uh, in focus and such. So what would you say about God's peace, about that shalom uh, for those who are facing uncertainties that come with aging? How, How can his peace, how can the peace of God help those who are aging? Well, that is such a good point. And praise God for the for everyone who's listening to this right now. And you're, you're dealing with questions that um, many people have. And you have this opportunity as someone who is aging to share those great, wonderful, not secrets, but truths that you've learned about the faithfulness of God in your life. But it doesn't mean that we don't need the peace of God every day, even as we age. And All I can do, Andy, is go back to the scriptures, because in Philippians chapter four, I believe the greatest anti-worry, anti-anxiety passage in the Bible, and again, that's not original to me, a lot of people believe that, is Philippians chapter four, where the Apostle Paul gives this beautiful description of how we can experience the peace of God in our life. And so we do that, and the big point that I want to come to is we, we experience the peace of God through thinking. Now, in Philippians chapter 4, I have my Bible open to Philippians chapter 4. If anyone wants to follow along with me, it begins, you know, rejoice in the Lord. Again, I say rejoice. By the way, this is the only New Testament book that picks up that theme of rejoicing in the Lord. And where does where is one of the primary passages? It comes out of the book of Habakkuk. I think Paul was familiar with Habakkuk chapter three. <laughs> rejoice in the Lord. I say rejoice. Let your graciousness be known to everyone. The Lord is near. And so for those of us who are aging, we can claim this passage too. For those that are aging right now watching us, um, the Lord is near to you, number one. So how do I experience peace? I always recognize the presence of God. The Lord is near. Now, here's what's really cool. Let your graciousness be known. The Lord is near. Verse 6. Now, this is where it gets powerful. Don't worry about anything, but in everything through prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. That's a beautiful promise. Now, here's the antidote for worry. If you're aging, if you're listening to this podcast, if you're concerned about things, and who isn't? Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever. Now he gives six adjectives, two nouns, and one verb in Philippians 4.8. He says, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's any moral excellence, if there's any praiseworthy, and now this translation says dwell on these things, 
It's literally the Greek word, think about these things, measure them, account them in your life, um, appropriate these things to your life, think on these things. So here's the answer to your question. How can we have peace? Andy, if someone's aging watching this broadcast and just concerned, peace comes through thinking first and foremost. The peace of God is not a skill that we're born with. It is a discipline that we learn in our life through thinking through the implications of our beliefs. And that's where Paul says you can experience peace. We recognize the Lord is near, but then we have to think about what we're thinking about, don't we? Because the mind is a battlefield. We have to think about what we're thinking about. And you don't have to agree with every thought that comes to your head. You can kick those thoughts to the curb. You don't have to get on the train of certain thoughts of worry. And the Paul keeps saying, these are the things you need to dwell on. And then the peace of God will literally garrison and protect your hearts. So let's get practical on that for just a moment. Obviously, as you said, Paul gives a list of attributes to think through uh, adjectives and the noun, the, the verbs there somebody is is struggling whether it's a health issue maybe it's a uh, a middle-aged person worried about their parent uh, who is aging whatever that might be how how would you recommend that they take these principles these thinking taking the emotions out of it right that's the beauty of thought is is we begin to strip the emotions out of it how would you recommend that somebody apply these attributes that paul mentions in philippians 4 to move the dial of their anxiety, uh, realizing it's a process, you know, it's not going to, yeah. there's not a, a switch to flip, but to move that dial so that their anxiety drops, that they feel more of that shalom of God. We have to continue every day to bring God's truth in our life. And so it, it it's what <clears throat> spiritual deposits are you going to make into your life today? It happens every day. God promises grace for today, doesn't he? Mm -hmm. His grace is sufficient for today. Worry wants us to go catastrophic about the past, catastrophic about the future. Everything's going to go terrible. God will give me grace today. I need to be faithful with what God has put in front of me today. I need to invite God through prayer to intervene in my life at every place. And so I think that going back to Habakkuk, prayer is so crucial for the peace of God and then secondly, bringing the promises of God over your life. You cannot do that without the scriptures. And we have to continue to bring truth over our life. I don't care if it's an apologetics, if you want to talk about the physical bodily resurrection of Jesus, or if God exists, or why we can trust the Bible, or if there was a historical Jesus, or if you're just struggling with anxiety today. If you have an upcoming surgical procedure, if you're worried about a child, we have to bring the truth of God over our life and over these situations. And then we have a choice. I can either get lost in why did this happen, or I can get literally stationary in the truth of God's promises. And so we have to live in God's promises, not in explanations. No one lived on explanations in the scriptures. All of them lived on the promises of God. And so at a very practical level, I think those are the tools. What spiritual deposits am I making today? Because worry, you know, you just, it gets us nowhere you know, it gets us nowhere. And I'm not minimizing that, but I'm just saying we have to come up with solutions. And it's amazing too, how God will give us wisdom when we pray, when we quiet our hearts before the Lord, when we cry out to God and we share all of it and the unvarnished reality and the clear, you know, as clearly as, as we can, God gives us wisdom when we ask him, doesn't he? 
And then you'll begin to see things move and change in your life. But there is a promise of scripture. I mean, you think about Paul in Colossians, let the peace of Christ rule in your heart. In Thessalonians, the Lord of peace be with you. I think Paul, and I got Robert Morgan thought this, a friend of mine who wrote about it. Um, I think Paul was a professional worrier. And so if you're a professional worrier, you're in really good company because Paul kept going back to the peace of God in his life. Well, great explanation. Thank you again. Um, Dr. Justin, we, we could go down this for a long way. You could read your book to us. Uh, we don't have that kind of time, obviously. But what, what else, if you were to kind of wrap up the overall process for, for what you would like to say, how, how, what would you like to leave our listeners with uh, today as a part of this interview? Sometimes, like the Apostle Paul, we have a thorn in our flesh, something we have to live with. And that's so challenging, isn't it? In 2 Corinthians chapter 12, um, and I write about this extensively, it was powerful for me to study 2 Corinthians chapter 12 as I wrote about it. It's a passage that we all quote a lot, but I'm not sure we've really lived in it as much as we need to. The Apostle Paul cries out to the Lord Jesus three times to rescue him from this messenger of Satan, this thorn in his flesh. And do you, and you know, it's really powerful when you study the Greek of 2 Corinthians 12. The power, the force of the Greek is that when Paul says, the Lord said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, my power is made perfect in weakness, that wasn't an impression that Paul felt in his heart. He actually heard Jesus's words audibly. To put it in technical terms, he hears Jesus in oracular form. Jesus literally says, Paul, my grace is sufficient for you today. My power is made perfect in what you're going through. Some of us were like Jacob and Israel. God leaves us with a limp permanently. And we wrestle with them. God, why did you allow this in my life? You know, it might be a health challenge for someone right now who's listening to us at one of the Missouri Baptist home locations. You know, they know they're going to deal with this till they are face to face with Jesus. God will give you grace today. He promises it in his word. And if the apostle Paul can be as effective as he was with something that was, I mean, he asked God three times. So if you want to talk about unanswered prayer, there's really no such thing as unanswered prayer. It's just answered. No. And Jesus said, I'm, I'm doing something. I'm doing something different in your life. You can't see why I'm doing this. And so, you know, this isn't a health and wealth gospel, is it, Andy? It's a, it's a presence of Jesus gospel. It's a, no matter where we are in life, and I mean, Gary Habermas, another friend of mine, has talked about this. When, when you study the New Testament, the individuals in the New Testament who find themselves in adversity, there is not this miraculous escape ladder. I wish there were. I, you know, I wish every situation was a Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego. You know, we're not burned in the fire. We're walking out. Boom. You know, mic drop. But more often than not, in the New Testament, we see that Jesus presence with us. And by the way, the presence of Jesus is Shalom. Um, his presence is all we need. I'm getting ready to have an operation uh, that was utterly unplanned in my life. And uh, I haven't really shared it publicly, um, but it's something that God has given me his peace on because even though because of COVID, my wife can't be with me, people can't visit me. I know I'm not alone. Jesus is right there with me. His grace is sufficient. So this isn't just something I write about or speak about. It's something that I'm disciplining myself with. And 
you better believe leading up to this, Andy, I've been talking about and to myself and thinking about all the spiritual deposits that I'm making in my life. And my gosh, it's amazing how you can call out those promises of scripture. And so if you can meditate on the fact that God's grace is sufficient for you, memorize some, a passage that you can hold on to. And remember when you're sleeping, Jesus is praying for you. You know, he's the great advocate, Lord, I'm going to go to bed now. And I know you've got it all handled. You're in control. God, I'm going to hush before you. I'm going to be quiet because you're in total control. Habakkuk 2.20. Um, so you see how we can call these passages to mind when we're worried and ask God to give us peace. Well, you just hinted at, at one aspect, but I'm going to ask uh, how our audience can pray for you. Uh, and obviously you just mentioned the surgery and, and that puts very much into practice, as you've just alluded uh, you've written a book about peace. Now you have to put it into practice. And so yeah. uh, God, God does that to us at times, doesn't he? But he does. what are some other ways for, for, for yourself, for your family, for your ministry? Uh, there's obviously people that are prayers uh, who listen to this. So, so what prayer requests might you want to share with our audience today? Well, you're so kind, uh, Andy. Thank you for these wonderful questions. Thank you for just your excellence for this program, by the way, and just all the lead up to it. I've really enjoyed connecting with you. Um, you know, and I hate to, you know, I, I have a prayer request. I have to have a portion of my colon removed and uh, it's a robotic assisted surgery. I'm blessed to be here in Houston. You know, it's like a medical Mecca in the whole world. Yes. My surgeon is a Christian. Uh, there's so many fun things I could share with you. My daughter's dear friend, her dad is the man who trained the surgeon years ago on robotic assisted surgery. I only learned that later. Um, God has things just so in control. I mean, honestly, I really just want prayers for my wife, Audrey, of 16 years, as she takes care of our uh, five children, which includes triplet boys, age four. They are a handful. It's a, <laughs> my wife and I are already in zone defense. So, you know, we're going to be down a man. So pray for Audrey. I can't lift for uh, more than 10 pounds for about six weeks. So, you know, it's a little challenging when you take your little guys up and give them baths and stuff. So, you know, again, I would just appreciate your prayers because I have a busy schedule and I want to keep doing what God wants me to do. But I've had a, I've had acute diverticulitis, I think four times uh, in the last few months, and I have no idea why. Um, so we're going to get that handled. So I appreciate everyone's prayers. And I, I just hope uh, it's been a privilege for me to minister and just, uh, again, to reconnect with Dr. Harrison is, is, is a true honor for me. And I would encourage people to check out our website, christianthinkers.com. Uh, check out our blog. Uh, we have some old podcast radio shows from about 70 some odd shows or more. So there's some resources there for you as well. Oh, wonderful. Give us the website once again, Jeremiah. And also, uh, where can they get a copy of the when, when does the book release uh, well, lord willing get a copy uh, it's going to release in september 2021 so it's in that publishing pipeline um but you'll hear if you just connect with christianthinkers.com it's there and then we have other bible studies i've written three different bible studies with lifeway and there some of those have companion books so uh, there's some stuff and there's videos uh, downloadable videos there's definitely some resources there that you can check out Okay. Well, again, appreciate thank your time. You, uh, thank you for your prayers for us. A absolutely. Uh, thank you for joining us today and for your insights on peace and, and truly uh, that the peace of God might, might be with you and your family at this time. Amen. So, take care, sir. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for this interview today. 
The Baptist Home has provided Christ-like care to the aging since 1913. To learn more about the biblically informed resources and solutions provided by The Baptist Home, go to www.thebaptisthome, that's all one word, .org. Again, www.thebaptisthome.org. You will find links to previous podcasts, a growing number of church resources, and detailed information about residential and long-term care communities. Until next time, this is your host, Dr. Andy Brams, asking you to be a voice for the aging.